the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Come with me to the book of First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1 to 13. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. You shall not be overthrown. I said, you shall not be overthrown. When people go through the wilderness, that's when what is in them really comes out. One of the things that reveals what's in people is a wilderness experience. When people go through the wilderness, that's where everything in them comes out. Sometimes you can go through a financial wilderness. Sometimes you can go through a marital wilderness. Sometimes you can go through academic wilderness. And when you are going through a wilderness, you must understand that is a test. Most people fail in their wilderness. Their kernel is just at the end of the tunnel. And yet you are not able to make it. You will make it. I said you will make it. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. The Bible said with most of them, God was not well pleased. Where? He was not well pleased with them in the wilderness. When they got to Mara, they say, where is God? Where is God? They had forgotten that they used to be in servitude. They used to be in bondage, in captivity in Egypt. And they had no freedom. But when the challenge came face to face to them, they had suddenly forgotten the act of God. And that is one of the things that makes you see people. What is really in people is in the wilderness. When a relationship has not been through the wilderness, it cannot be tested. The strength of a relationship is seen in the wilderness. When the children of Israel came into the wilderness, everything that was in them came out. I pray that when you find yourself in your wilderness, the things that will come out will be positive. The Bible tells us many things that happened to them in the wilderness. Negative desires surface. Look at that. Now, these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to test as some of them did and were destroyed by the serpents. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. You see, you cannot do both. You can always do one of the two. You are either complaining or you are expressing gratitude. 
You can always, if you are not thankful, you are complaining. There's no neutral place. You are either living a thankful life or you are living a memorying life. And the Bible says, when you decide to give into a life of memory and complaining, there's only one place you are guaranteed. You will be destroyed. You shall not be destroyed. People have destroyed what they have, the little they have, with a lifestyle of ingratitude and complaining. So if you want that which you have to be sustained by God, you need to be thankful. There is no situation that is taking you. The Bible said that is not common to man. And so when you decide that in your situation, you are going to give it a special attitude, that attitude that is negative, that attitude that is not sanctioned by scripture, you are likely to get into serious problems with God. Many people think that God does understand complaint. God does not understand the language of complaint. You can check from the Old Testament to the New. There's no time God has accommodated complaint. One of the things that the Bible says must characterize us, those of us who are born again in the New Testament is a life of thanksgiving and gratitude. God never understands the language of complaint. And if you want to see how God responds to situations, look at how he dealt with the people of old. Look at how he dealt with Christ. And if you see Christ's response when he was on earth, there is no challenge that Christ was not faced with. Scarcity as we see today, Christ faced scarcity. Yeah, he faced scarcity. In the times of old, they also faced scarcity. There was a time where Abraham found himself in a very tired corner. But he chose to do what he needed to do as a covenant child of God. I was speaking in an ICGC church in Accra about a month ago. And I was telling them, like, you have to understand the kingdom you are in and the rules of the kingdom. If you want to get the best of God's kingdom, give me Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 to 15. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. He said, giving thanks unto the Father. Somebody say, giving thanks unto the Father. He says, giving thanks unto the Father who had made us meet. Verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father who had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the sins in light. Okay, so he starts with thanksgiving. Giving thanks unto the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the sins in light. Then he says, he has delivered us. Somebody say, I'm delivered. He has delivered us from the power of darkness or from the kingdom or the domain of darkness. And he has conveyed, as some other translations says, he has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Somebody say kingdom of his dear son. Alright, so when you enter the kingdom, you have to understand the ins and outs of the kingdom. If you are going to get the best out of the kingdom. A lot of people are in the kingdom. They are not getting the best of the kingdom because they don't understand kingdom life. Kingdom life is different. When men are cast down, we say there's a lifting up. Kingdom life, when you are in lack, you say there's abundance. Am I communicating here? And that is why it's very important you know what to say in difficult times. Sometimes you complicate and you make your own situation worse by the things you say. The Bible says, neither member as some member and were destroyed of the destroyer. The believer always has a reason to give thanks. Do you understand what I'm saying? Every child of God, you have a reason to give thanks. That's why it is not part of us. Yeah. It's not part of us. In fact, in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, he said, that is our dialect. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3, the message version. Ephesians 5 3. I'm teaching on temptation, but I have just uh, made a detour. Don't allow. Somebody say, don't allow. Uh, so he tells you what is not supposed to be kingdom life. He tells you, one, don't allow love to turn into lust, setting off a downhill slide into sexual promiscuity, filthy practices, or bullying greed. Verse 4, he says, 
Though some tongues just love the taste of gossip, Christians have better uses for language than that. How are they supposed to use their tongue? He said, don't talk dirty or silly. But do what? That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. What's our style? Thanksgiving is our dialect. That's the language God understands. So every time Jesus found himself in a very difficult situation, if you look at scripture, he responded with thanksgiving. He responded with thanksgiving. I'm almost going ahead of what I'll be talking about on Sunday. But that was the lifestyle of Jesus. When you have something small and you decide to respond, the natural response to something that is small is to complain about it. It's not enough. It's not sufficient. When Jesus was faced with scarcity, he didn't complain about it. The Bible said he lifted it up and said, Father, thank you that I even have something to hold on to. I have something to hold on to. And when he did that, there was supernatural multiplication. You see, we live a supernatural life. Somebody say a supernatural life. And you will never experience a supernatural life with a natural attitude. You can't live in the supernatural with a natural attitude. That's why you have to know the way of the supernatural to provoke it. You don't provoke the supernatural with a natural attitude. No. 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 A hundred times no. There is an attitude that provokes the supernatural. And one of such attitudes is thanksgiving. Somebody say thanksgiving. While I'm talking about overcoming giant temptations. Somebody say giant temptations. Okay, so we go back to our text where we're reading the ESV version. The Bible says in verse 13, no temptation has taken you. Somebody say no temptation has taken you. Except that which is common to man, but God is faithful. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, ESV. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse. No temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to man. God is faithful. Somebody say, God is faithful. Say, God is faithful. And he will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. Somebody say, there's a way. Say, there's a way. He will provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. There is a way of escape. And I see you use a way of escape. I said, I see you use a way of escape. I see you escape every route to temptation. I see you overcome every temptation. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Last two weeks, we began to look at escape routes to temptation. Somebody say escape routes to temptation. We said that if you are going to escape temptation, number one, we needed to understand our frame. Somebody say, my frame. Okay, your frame is how God wired you. Number two, if you are going to overcome temptation, you must understand the principle of feeding. Somebody say feeding. feeding. And everything we are going to be doing is with F, so you can appreciate it. Feeding. The escape route of feeding. Somebody say you have to feed well. Now, if you are feeding well or not, sooner or later, your immune system will tell. One of the things that affect your immune system is what you feed on. And one of the things that keeps your spiritual immune system intact is qualitative feeding on the word of God. The Bible says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is what? Your strength is what? In other words, your immune system is compromised. Immunocompromise. Your system is compromised. It cannot withstand the challenges it's confronted with. And we said that if you are going to overcome temptation, three things are key. Number one, you have to understand that it takes spiritual strength. Somebody say spiritual strength. Those are the things I talked about last two weeks. It takes spiritual strength. Somebody say spiritual strength. To overcome what? What does it take to overcome temptation? 
Say spiritual strength. You need spiritual strength to overcome temptation. And that is number one. Number two, spiritual strength comes from what? Spiritual strength comes from what? Say it two times. Spiritual strength comes from what? Okay, so when you feed well, you are sustained. Physical strength comes from feeding well. And then, of course, physical exercises. If you are going to stay healthy spiritually, you need to feed well. Somebody say feed well. Say feed well. Okay, and then number three, we said that God's word is Say it, God's word is spiritual. Say God's word is spiritual food. God's word is what? God's word is spiritual food. The Bible says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I want to continue tonight. There are two levels of feeding essential for building spiritual strength. If you are going to build spiritual strength, you have to understand these two levels of feeding. Number one, the foremost level of feeding is pastoral feeding. Somebody say pastoral feeding. Pastoral Pastoral feeding. Pastoral feeding. According to the book of Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15, I will give you, let's read it together. I will give you pastors according to my what? According to my what? Which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. I will give you pastors after my heart. They shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. That's God's word. They will feed you with knowledge and understanding. They will feed you with knowledge. and If you are going to be strong, your pastor, who pastors you matters a lot. Yeah. You cannot survive the onslaught of the wicked if you just have anybody as your pastor. You have to be fed and fed well. I will give you pastors. They will feed you until you are strong. They feed you so you are strong and you are empowered. So we have number one is pastoral feeding. Somebody say pastoral feeding. Number two is personal feeding. Personal feeding. First is pastoral feeding where your pastor feeds you with the word of God. That is where you depend on the word that is coming to you from church. Listening to the podcast. That is one form of feeding. The second form of feeding is personal feeding. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Timothy 4 verse 6. 1 Timothy 4 6. Let's read it together. If you give these instructions to the believers, you will be what? You will be what? As you feed yourself spiritually on the words of faith and of the true teaching. Yeah, there are words we call the words of faith. Somebody say the words of faith. Say the words of faith. Yeah, the words of faith. When you listen to Peace FM, what they give you is not the words of faith. The Bible said the words of faith. And if you are going through a challenging time, the word, the last word you want to hear is a word that gives you more fear. The word that feeds you more. It gives you more fear. And that is what all our news stations are giving. I was telling mommy that there is a particular station. When they are giving bad news, the excitement between the newscaster, the excitement, you can see that this person is very excited to talk about the fact that the dollar has depreciated. I can continue to listen to that chaff. Am I communicating here? Yeah. Some of you listen to that more than you listen to the word of God. You don't know. You don't even have one idea what God has spoken about you in times of difficulties. You don't know. But you know everything about what the current rate yesterday, what was the rate? Last week, what was the rate? And what the next rate? Some of them can even forecast and tell you what the rate is going to be. But no matter how the rate comes, people will still buy. And I will still buy. Am I complicating here? No, no, listen. You have to. That's what the Bible says, that you have what you say. 
It's not that it's not happening. There are things you don't speak with your mouth. Yeah, you have to understand. You have to have a disciplined tongue if you are going to live a spiritually victorious. Your tongue must be disciplined. So he says that you feed yourself. Somebody say feed yourself. Say feed yourself. Say feed yourself. Yeah, you have to feed yourself. The reason why you come and we teach you and we give you so much is so you can go and feed yourself. And some of you, even what you are fed with here, you don't concentrate to take it in very well. You don't take it to digest it. You just take it and you drop it somewhere. You cannot grow spiritual strength like that. Yeah. God's word is spiritual strength. I said here, feeding for spiritual strength and health begins with pastoral feeding. And that's where, uh, that's where I want to focus tonight. It begins with pastoral what? feeding. Now listen, many people think that you can just study the Bible and know it and understand it by yourself. It has its own place. But God designed it in such a way that to aid your understanding of his word, he gave you pastors, teachers, prophets, so they can help you to be able to appreciate God's word. Praise God. Nobody begins to study fixes without being taught fixes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have to be taught fixes before you can now begin to uh, know that E equals to MC squared. And then all the other equations you'll be taught. That's how you begin to learn it. And that is how God has designed it. Feeding on God's word begins with pastoral feeding. You have to be fed with the word of God. And look at what the Bible says. Second Chronicles 15 verse 3. I like the scripture. Second Corinthians Chronicles chapter 15 verse 3. So for a long time, somebody say for a long time. For a long time, a long time Israel was without say it, Israel was without the true God, without a teaching priest and without the law. They were without the true God and they were without a teaching priest and they were without the law. Because why? When you have a teaching priest Obviously, the law of God will come to you. The Bible says in the book of Malachi chapter 2 verse 7, he said that the lips of the priest should keep knowledge and they should seek the law from his mouth. So, when you are without a teaching priest, you are essentially without the law. You are essentially without the law. Your shepherd is God's appointed priest over your life. Somebody say, my shepherd shepherd. is God's appointed priest for me. Good. That's what the Bible says here in the book of Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Acts 20, 28. When I went to Petit last Sunday, I was telling them what to expect from your pastor. There are many people, they expect the wrong thing from their pastor. Therefore, take heed. Somebody say, take heed. Uh-huh. Take heed. Give me the amplified version. Take heed. Take care and be on guard for yourselves and the whole flock over with the Holy Spirit appointed you as bishops and guardians to shepherd. What does it mean to shepherd? Tend, feed, and guide. What are you supposed to do? Feed and guide. What is your shepherd supposed to do? Tend, feed, and guide. The Bible said the church of God. That's what they are supposed to do. They feed you with knowledge. Five ways to build spiritual strength through the feeding ministry of your pastor. Number one, discover your God-appointed sheepfold and abide there. Discover your God-appointed sheepfold and abide there. Somebody say, discover my God appointed sheepfold. Say, discover your God appointed sheepfold. And abide there. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. You have to discover your God appointed sheepfold. It's not everywhere that God has appointed for you. Somebody say, there's an appointed place. Psalm 92, verse 12 to 13. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, shall grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of God. That's where it starts from. You have to be planted to flourish. 
You have to be planted. Somebody say planted. planted. To flourish. flourish. Planted, planted. To flourish. So there is a place God has appointed for you. Discover that place and be appointed, planted there. There are people, they move from place to place. Almost every week, there's a place they go to. Who is your pastor? They can't even tell. Yeah. If you are a believer and you don't have a pastor, you are like a spiritual bastard. That's who you are. You are like a spiritual bastard. Because every believer that is born is born into a family. You are born into a spiritual home. And in that home, you need to be established and nourished. Once you are born again, you need to be in a place where your pastor knows you and you know your pastor. The Bible says, my sheep know me and I'm known by my sheep. That's where it starts from. So you have to discover your God-appointed place. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 10. He said, moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel. 2 Samuel 7 10, I will appoint. Somebody say, I will appoint. I will appoint a place for my people Israel and I will plant them there. There are some people when God plants them, they keep moving. They keep moving and moving and moving and moving. They keep moving. They cannot see that this is my appointed place. I will plant them there and then they may dwell in a place and move no more. Somebody say move no more. Move yeah, no. That, that is the only time they can be flourished. I will plant them there. They shall move no more. They will move no more. That's where it starts from. So, number one, discover. Somebody say, discover. discover. Your God appointed seafood. And, and abide there. Yeah, that's, that's number one. Number two, embrace your God appointed shepherd in your appointed place of worship. Embrace your God appointed shepherd in your appointed place of worship. That's it. Embrace your God appointed shepherd in your appointed place of worship. He says, I will give you. I will give you. I will give you. I will give you. Whatever is given you, you have to receive it to own it. True of us? True of us? Whatever is gifted to you, until you receive it, you can't say you own it. God gives, but you have to receive. And having pastored for over 15 years, I know that there are people who don't receive. They are in the church, but they don't even see the church as their church. No. And once that is not in place, they cannot also receive the pastor as their shepherd. Yeah, they can't. There are people, they are mysteries to their pastors. They are mysteries to their pastors. They don't know them at all. They are mysteries to their pastors. Tonight is not the right time to talk about some of those things, but I will. You have to embrace your God-appointed shepherd in your appointed place of worship. Somebody say, my appointed place of worship. Yeah. In the place God has appointed for you, you must embrace your shepherd. That's number one. Number two, look at what the Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 11 to 16, the New King James Version, John 10. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not a shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep. Now look at this. You see, when you are a sheep and you don't have a shepherd, you run a very risky life. Uh, your life is at risk. That's what the Bible says. Look, at, let's, start, let's start from verse 11. Let's read it together. This is it. I am the good shepherd. I am what? The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Go to verse 12. But a hireling, one who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Now look at verse 13. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my sheep. Did you see that? 
I know my sheep and I am known by my sheep. I know my sheep and I am known by my sheep. Now verse 15, he says, as the father knows me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep and all the other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Number three, know and follow your shepherd's voice from the scriptures on all matters. Somebody say, know and follow your shepherd's voice. Know and follow your shepherd's yeah. voice. You have to know and follow. If you are going to grow through the ministry of the pastoral feeding of your shepherd, you have to know his voice. Somebody say, know his voice. Yeah. If you're a member of the church, you have to know my voice or marriage. Here, we don't believe in marrying two women. Are you with me here? Yeah. You can't marry two women here. You can marry them, but it is not something we endorse in the church. Yeah. You have to know my voice or marriage. Am I communicating here? Yeah, that's it. You have to know my voice. You have to know my voice on finances. You have to know my voice. There are people who are in the church, and when it comes to finances, they manage it differently. They have no place for God in their finances. You have to know my voice. You see, the church is not a place where we are to come with different beliefs. You know, if you are in the church and you don't believe what the leadership believes, you are in the wrong church. You are in the right church, but you are a wrong person in the right church. So find a church that believes what you believe and stay inside. But don't stay in church and say, I don't believe in these things. I don't believe in that thing. Praise the Lord. In the church, the Bible talks about the fact that we have one faith, one father, one God, one spirit. That is the atmosphere of the church. The local church is not a place where we, uh, many divergent opinion is encouraged. Praise God. Look, look at uh, the book of uh, Romans with me. Romans 16, 17. Let me show you. It's not a place. It's not a place at all. Romans, I urge you, brethren, not those who cause divisions. Do you see that? How would divisions be caused? When people are seeing the things from different perspectives. This is how I want things done. He said, I want things done this way. That's what the Bible says. He said, not those who cause divisions and offense contrary to the doctrine which you have received. Which you have learned and avoid them. So there can be people like that in church, but you don't get close to them. Praise God. Yeah. Somebody came to meet me and said, Pastor, what's your position on marriage? I say, what's my position on marriage? When you look at my life, how many wives do I have? That you're asking me, what is my position on marriage? Am I communicating here? Yeah. So the Bible says, you see, when you are in church, you must understand that there are people who will not practice what is taught. And those are not the people you identify with in church. Praise God. Yeah, there are people, they will never practice. They don't believe in what the pastor is saying. They are not willing to practice it. They are not your examples. I'll, one day, I will teach you on examples not to follow in church. Because there are certain examples that happen in church. In the church of Corinth, there was a man who was living with his father's wife. He was in the church, but he was sleeping with his father's wife. That's not an example. No, that's an example, a negative example Paul singled out. Am I communicating here? There were people Paul called out their names. He talked about Demas. He talked about Hermanius. He talked about certain people. They are not examples we are to follow. It's not that people, the Bible said, be followers of them who through faith and patience obtain the promise. There are people we are to follow and there are people we are to avoid. You saw it in the scripture there. Am I communicating here? There are people, they are in church. He said, not brethren, I know those who cause divisions. They always have a different opinion. They want things done in a particular way. That's pride. Praise God. That's pride. They are, they are very, they, they, as for me, this is my way. In the church, you don't have your way. 
Praise the Lord. There's, there's no way than the Christ way. And the Christ way is the way that is shown to us. Praise God. From the scriptures, that's the way to go. If you want to grow through the ministry, that is how you do it. You, you, uh, you embrace his teaching and you put it to work. A lot of people are born again, but their mind is not renewed. So they still hold on to negative stereotype thinking in their minds. And they are sitting in church. Stayed in church for too long, but they are not growing. Everything that is taught, everything that biblically is taught, they have a different opinion. They always have a contrary opinion. When you have a contrary opinion about the teachings of scripture, clear teachings of scripture, it shows that you are not growing. Praise God. Because when you are growing, you drop your mindset, your thinking, and you embrace the, way, the mind of God. I'm not communicating. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing. So when your mind is not getting renewed, every time I have, I have, I have, I have passed the church for 15 years, I just, mommy helped me to calculate it on Sunday. And it, that's when I, I, I've been in pastoral ministry for 15 plus years. Praise God. And I've seen people diff, at different levels. You have to. Give me 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Let me show you something there. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Fast, 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 please. Now, I plead with you. Look at this, Paul. I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Read that with me. Read that with me. I plead with you by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That we will speak the same Oh, me, I, I don't want to say what they are saying. Go and join a mosque. You don't stay in church and say something different. When we talk first fruits, we are all talking first fruits. We are talking tight, we are all talking talk. Am I communicating here? You don't sit here and say, as for me, I don't believe in those things. Go, go to the place you believe in the things they talk about there. You don't believe in those things, but when we speak a word of blessing, you want to receive it, you cannot prosper like that in the ministry. He says that we speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among us. This is the way we are going. We are all going that same way. We are wearing this. We are all wearing it. Don't sit there and say, this is my, my own way. This is how I look at things. This is how I want to present myself. You don't know what you are talking about. You don't understand leadership. You don't understand church work. He says, that we speak the same thing, that there be no division, that we be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment, have the same mindset, same judgment. So we look at things from the same way. Praise God. Praise God. I'm showing you how church works. That is how church works. That's how church works. So when you come to church, that's why the word of God is taught. And it's taught so we can have the same line of thinking. We don't come to church with our mindset. We stay in church. We come to church with our own mindset, but we come to church and we stay in church with a renewed mindset. Our mind is transformed. Praise the Lord. So I'm saying that know and follow your shepherd's voice from the scriptures and all matters. Follow your shepherd's voice. Somebody say, follow your shepherd's voice. Yeah. You should, you should not, you should, a member of this church should not be confused about what salvation is. Praise God. Yeah. What salvation is? And you send a message to me, Pastor, uh, they say, if I, we wear weak, uh, will you go to heaven or hell? Don't be foolish. After all the things I've been teaching, what are you talking about? Why waste my time with that kind of message? Somebody sent a video to you and the video, they said that people who wear trousers were in hell. And you are sending that to me. You think I don't have time? I have time for useless stuff? Am I communicating here at all? Listen, I want to pastor a church that is mature. 
And that is why I, I, I spend a lot of time digging deep into God's word. Finding out what the scripture says and teaching you line upon line, precept upon precept. So if you are not ready to listen again and again, the only way you know my voice on all matters is when you listen to me again and again, again and again, again and again, again and again. You listen to me again. That's when you know my voice on all matters. If you want to know how a servant is supposed to behave around me, you are serving with me as a leader, as a worker, how you are supposed to, you listen to the series I did on service. When you listen again and again, you will never do something that I'm not happy with. Because you have caught my voice. You know where I stand on matters. Am I communicating here? Yeah. But we spend quality time, invest, and we teach. And when we, we put it aside and you are listening to junk, you are listening to people who have nothing to say. And then you send me a message. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Number three. Number four, sorry. Number four. Believe and put the teachings of your shepherd to work in your life. If you are going to grow through the ministry of your shepherd, believe and put his teachings to work. Believe and put his teachings to work. Believe and put his teachings to work. James 1, 22. There's a be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Deceiving your own selves. Every time you hear the word of God and you don't do it, the Bible said there's only one person nowhere that you are deceiving. It is you. Praise the Lord. Nobody else. You think you are deceiving the preacher. You think you are being smart. You think that you are deceiving the whole church. The Bible said the best person you can deceive is yourself. When you hear the word of God, but you decide to go your own way. I've heard it. The Bible says it's yourself you are deceiving. Because God cannot be deceived. That's what we are told in the book of Galatians chapter 6. God, be not deceived. God is not mocked. You can't deceive God. And Satan is the chief of lies. So he's... He, He's the one who deceives everybody, so you can't deceive him also. And ultimately, you are the one who deceives yourself. Deceiving your own self. For if any man be a hearer and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Look at verse number 9. He says, verse uh, 23, 24, for he observes himself. 24, please. He observes himself, goes away, immediately forgets what manner of man he was. You know what? When you dress up and you stand in the mirror and you see that there's a, some stain in your dress or you don't see any stain in your dress and then you go out and somebody tells you, maybe immediately you just observe yourself in the mirror and then you, you turn and you begin to go. You know you are looking fine. You have just uh, complimented yourself and you are moving. The moment you step out, somebody tells you, oh, your shirt is dirty. And you are, the moment you step out, I'm not saying after one hour you have, the moment you step, somebody says, there's a stain in your dress. And you spend time wasting, you, you now debate, you want to debate on the, and you want to go and look at it. It means that you didn't observe yourself well. Praise God. The Bible says, whosoever observes, God's way and forget one, he forgets what kind of person he was. When you hear the word and you don't put it to work, you forget it. You forget it. Why? Because, you see, you begin, somebody can tell you that the result you are going to get is not the result the word promised. And you are believing that you can focus on that. It's simply because you've forgotten what you are put to work. You know that when you put the word of God to work, what the word has said will come to pass. Because God is, a, God is not a man that is you like, neither the son of man that is you repent. Have you spoken it and shall he not make it go? Am I communicating here? Once you put the word to work, you can't forget the results you are expecting. Am I communicating here? You cannot, you cannot be deceived about the results you have to expect. You have to. 
You see, your shepherd is not just your teacher. He is the one whose teachings you follow. Understand that very well. Your shepherd is not your teacher. He is the one whose teachings you follow. Whose teachings you what? Yeah, he is the one whose teachings you follow. He's the one whose teachings you follow. I was sharing an experience with mommy about somebody we spent some time helping. They had a challenge and we spent time at a certain odd time in the night helping. And after we spent that quality time with them, after we left, one of them looked at the other person in his face and said, listen, they have told us what they think. Yeah. They've told us what they think, but this is how we are going to run our lives. I say, continue. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So when, when you go that way and you expect that it will be well with you, it's not the case. It will never be well with you. Because the Bible says, you have set aside the word of God. There is no wisdom in you. If you read the book of Jeremiah. When you set aside God's word, then there is no wisdom apart from the word of God. Praise God. Are you hearing what I'm teaching here? The, the ultimate wisdom is God's word. That's the ultimate wisdom. When the word of God on a matter is brought to you and you are not ready to work with it, you have signed up for a lifetime of foolishness. A lifetime of what? A lifetime of foolishness. And there is no reverse, there is no way you can reverse it. The outcome will ultimately not be good. So understand that your shepherd is not someone who teaches you. Oh, who is your pastor, Pastor Fawka? No, 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 no. Pastor Fawka is only your pastor when you are putting the teachings of Pastor Fawka to work. That's, well, that's when I become your pastor. Not, not because you hear my teachings and you can give my quote. No, 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 no. That's not it. Number five, follow the exemplary life of your shepherd. Follow the exemplary life of your shepherd. Now, you have to understand that everybody in life follows somebody. Everybody in life. The people who are self-deceived are those who think that they are following nobody. Everybody in life follows somebody. You are consciously following somebody or you are unconsciously following somebody. Everybody in life follows somebody. And that's what the Bible clearly makes. He said, my shepherd hear my voice and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice and they what? Follow me. My sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me. They hear my voice, 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 follow me. They hear my voice, follow me. They hear my voice, follow me. Look at John chapter 10, verse 4 to 5. He said, when he brings out his own sheep, look at that. When he brings out his own sheep, what does he do? He goes before them. He goes what? Before them. He goes before them and they still follow him for they know his voice. They follow him. They follow him. Who are you following? Are you following me? I'm following you. Yeah, and there are people who want to be followed by their leader. Is your shepherd following you or you are following your shepherd? When an instruction is given, you always have a contrary opinion. You are following yourself. Praise the Lord. That's what you are doing. They still follow, for they know his voice. Yet, by no means would they follow a stranger. Do you see that? They will not follow a stranger, for they, but they will flee from him. That's what scripture is saying here. Look at the book of 1 Peter 5, verse 1 to 4. He said, the elders among you are among you. I exhort. Who I am, I know who I know who I am, fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God. Look at this. Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, by willingly, not for dishonest gain, by eagerly. Look at this. 
Not as being lost over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the... Being examples where? Yeah, being examples to the flock. Being examples to the flock. Being examples to the flock. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Being examples to the flock. So, it is very, very critical. Your shepherd is not someone who just teaches you God's word. He's the one whose life and teaching is a pattern that you can follow without missing Christ. And that's it. Your shepherd. Somebody say, my shepherd. shepherd. It's not just someone who teaches me God's word. He's the one whose life and teaching is a pattern I can follow without missing Christ. That's what Paul said. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's what Paul said. So, it's critical. Paul spoke here. There are people who sit in church and they are following somebody else. Paul made it clear. You can't follow somebody who is not among you. Look, let, let's read that scripture again. I think I'll, I'll close it. Look at this. First Peter, look at that. First Peter 4, verse 5. 1 to 4. The elders who are where? The elders who are where? Those who are on television. Those who are on radio. Who are the ones you have to follow? The elders who are among you. You see, one day I'll spend some time teaching on New Testament church and behavior in the New Testament church. Then you appreciate what scripture does and says. You see, the New Testament emphasizes a lot on accountability. Accountability? Accountability. There's a lot of accountability. A lot of people usually, when they hear the New Testament, they just feel that it's a freedom, freedom, freedom. The, the, the accountability system in the New Testament is stronger than what was in the Old Testament. Strong accountability. Strong accountability. That's why it's, it's a church system. You have supervised, you have people who oversee. They, they are called, uh, uh, <laughs> that's why sometimes I, I particularly don't like it when people like to use titles that are not scriptures, are not found in the scriptures. A lot of titles that are not found. There is no title in the scripture called doctor, reverend, something. It's not there. Praise God. Because all the titles are functionary titles. They are functionary what? Yeah. If you are a pastor, you are called a shepherd. And a shepherd is somebody who oversees a flock. I tell people all the time, when you see somebody who calls himself a pastor and he's not in charge of a church, he's a thief. He's looking for you to steal from you. That's who he is. He's a thief. Because a shepherd must have a sheep over which he's overseeing. Call somebody, apostle. Apostle has planted no church. I mean, this is a, We live in an age where people use all kinds of uh, this and it's done. Apostle, you have planted no church. You have nurtured, raised nobody. And he says, an apostle. Am I communicating here? Yeah. There are a lot of charlatans who are in ministry today looking for something to eat and they do all kinds of things. They use all titles. So people come to church and they are in a church and they are supposed to be under the leadership of their shepherd and yet they have a pastor on the side. Have a pastor they consult on the side. They have a pastor they hold prayer meetings with. And if you ask him, where is your church? He has no church. And he says he's a pastor. And you believe him. You are ignorant. You are ignorant. You have been taken advantage of. And the unfortunate thing is about your after they have been taken advantage of when they come to church, then they are not ready to even submit and embrace what is being taught. Because they have been taken advantage of so long 
that when they come and they meet the correct one, they are even suspicious of the correct one. Who asks you to go to be taken advantage of? The reason why God designed it in such a way is that because he will have none of his people taken advantage of. So he placed people in the church. In the book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17. I mean, I pastor those I know as are my sheep. Those are the people I pastor. I preach to too many people, but I pastor those who are my sheep. I waste no time on people I know. And I, if you are my sheep, I know you. I know my sheep. I know them too well. There are people who have taken certain decisions in this church over the period. I knew they were going to take it. And I'm not surprised they took it. Because they have never been my sheep. In the, he said, obey those who have the rule over you. The word rule there has to do with the military connotation. It's not something that you have a debate on. It's like a child. They tell you, rise! You rise. You don't say, I think that I want to sit. I think I want to sit. It's not. Go to the army camp and find out how they, they get things done. He said, be submissive to them for they watch for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief for that will not be profitable for you. Do you understand what the Bible is saying there? Do you know what the Bible is saying there? Unless you don't believe the Bible. Unless you don't believe the Bible. You either believe the Bible or you don't believe it. May the Lord give you understanding tonight. Listen. When you stay in church and you stay in church, this is not a, it's just a, 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 a detour that I'm sure has been a blessing to somebody. Praise the Lord. Yeah. That, that, there are simple things. I tell people all the time, what to do to be blessed in church are simple, simple things. There are not too many. They are not as complex as some people think. Praise God. They are not as complex. When your pastor wishes you well, alone, he's, he feels at peace with you. That alone brings God's blessing on your life. No matter what it is, what prayer your pastor prays, he can shout, he can lay. As long as he's on rest, he's not at peace in the spirit about you, it can't go well with you under his leadership. It, it will never will. It never will. God's word is very clear. It's very clear. Very clear. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service.
and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no.